Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello there. <laughs> I'm so hungover. Well, to be honest, I did tell you last night before we went to bed. What did I tell you? Uh, take some paracetamol. Yeah, did you? No. And now what happened? I've got a really bad headache. Okay, and do I? No. And what did I do last night? Take some paracetamol before bed. Well done. <laughs> it was a good night though. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, but we. it was one of those nights where you kind of run out of one drink and you go on to another one and another one. So I think we started on beer. Yes. Randomly ended up doing shots of Buckfast. And I even I didn't even know that was a an existing thing. Well, it's basically a fortified wine which is made by monks in Devon, I think, but it's very popular in Scotland. Mm, yeah, I, it's still. I don't know. The more you drink it, the worse it the worse it tastes. Yeah, I mean, I've still got that. Despite cleaning my teeth like a million times, I can still taste it at the back of my mouth. It's gross. I mean, whoever manufactured Buckfast is not going to sponsor our show. It's the monks, and they don't do sponsorships. I don't think so. I don't even think they speak. They okay. just make Buckfast and praise the Lord. Maybe Buckfast made them mute. I don't know. I don't. And know. that's why they don't speak. They weren't monks when they started doing it. <laughs> they were by the end. But randomly, about 1am, we decided to switch to Aperol spritzes. When I go to the supermarket and I, bought, and I buy Prosecco, then I have two criteria to buy Prosecco. One is, do I want to drink Prosecco? Uh-huh. And then I'll try and buy a nice Prosecco. And then the other one is, do I want to mix it with something like an Aperol spritz? And in that case, I'm going to buy the cheapest one ever. You're such a hun. Why not? I mean, it's going to be diluted by soda water and the Aperol. So, why? I don't want a Dom Perignon. I don't think Dom Perignon make Prosecco. Famously French, not Italian. Yeah, but they make champagne. And let's be honest, Prosecco is kind of like the cheaper, chavier version of champagne, isn't it? I think so, yeah. And I hear a lot of people now saying that Prosecco is on the way out. People oh, yeah. are going back to champagne. Back to champagne. And the thing is, champagne is more expensive because, again, when it comes to prices and being cheap, I know it. <laughs> well, you, you're preaching to the converted. I love a yellow sticker. You do love a yellow sticker. It's the thing is, we don't have enough room in the freezer for the yellow stickers that you buy. <sighs> I know. I'm like a magpie, literally a magpie. When I see a yellow sticker, I have to have it. If it's less than 50%, it's like... Do we want to have vegan cheese? No, but if You'll it's buy it. like 20% what it was at cost price, I'm having it. Yes, and, that's, and to be fair, that's how we try a lot of new things in our lives. It is, we? and then we never tried them again, but they were so cheap, it's it's well worth it. Yeah. But then, on the other side, so we're going. it's been, been a very up and down week, hasn't it? Because it's been a nice, a, a nice get-together with some friends, then the hangover... Then yellow stickers and the good thing of that. And then our cat has gone in for surgery this week. Yeah, poor Joe. They had to have a little operation this week. I know. My bank balance, on the other hand, it wasn't a little withdrawal. I know, but Joe needed it. Yeah, so he 
basically had an infection in his gums uh, and he had to have some teeth removed. We, we didn't know that anything was wrong because normally when, when a cat's ill, they stop eating. And in fact, probably during the pandemic, Jovia started eating more. Yeah. I mean, this poor cat, he's overweight. He's been on a diet for about the past three, four years. The fact is, he hasn't been on a diet. <laughs> We buy the weight management food, but then what happens is that we're not sure whether you fed him or whether did I. His plate is always empty because he loves eating. I cannot give him breakfast, you then give him breakfast again, and the card varies sneakily. He doesn't really tell you, oh no, I've already had breakfast. He just keeps eating. Do you think animals and pets take eating habits off their owners? Looking at you and Chobe, yes. <laughs> Anyway, he went He went under, he had um, general anaesthetic, he came round, he was fine. The first thing that the vet said when we went to pick him up was, oh, he's been eating loads. I'm like, well, that doesn't surprise me, because yeah. he was nil by mouth for 12 hours before the operation. That was the worst thing about him having the operation, was that we couldn't feed him for 12 hours, and his face was so sad I know. during he, that period. Well, it wasn't just sad, he, he meows at you with, like, anger. It's like, feed me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, but but yeah. yeah, he came round, um, he was wired for sound. I mean, he was literally, his eyes were like bulging, bless him. He was on something deep for well, quite yeah. some time afterwards. It's called coming out of anesthesia. Oh no, bless him. He's fine now. He's fine. He had a couple of, of uh, teeth removed. Apparently, according to the bed, it's quite common for cats uh, his age because he's an, an elder gentle cat. Oh, bless so apparently it's quite common uh, for cats um, his age. And since then, he's been fine, hasn't he? Yep, he's back in his favourite place, sat on Gary Barlow's face. Exactly, sleeping there and then just <laughs> eating and sitting on Gary Barlow's face. And, and going to the toilet. Indeed. Which is fine, because that was the thing that the vet said to her. She's like, just watch him going to the toilet. So I'm there with like a microscope every time he goes to his litter tray. Yep, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I've never been so interested in poo in all my life. Mm, that's not a good thing, but also in the past, not just this week, but um, in the past few weeks, we've had uh, again a lot of feedback. It's been really, really nice, and that's probably the other up. Oh yeah, the post bag is bulging at the minute. Thank you so much, guys, for getting in touch with us. Uh, if you haven't got in touch with us, you can do it very easily. Uh, we're at Twitter at Bareback Pod. We are on Instagram in at Bareback Podcast. We are... Where else are we? We're on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I already said Instagram, but we are on Facebook. <laughs> it's my hangover. We're on Facebook. Just search us Bareback Pod. No, it's just search Bareback. <laughs> right, should we start again? We are on Facebook. Just search us Bareback. Just that. Just search us. And then we uh, also have an email account, which you can access us at Bareback podcast at gmail.com we got there in the end thank you so much i mean i was fine you're the one messing it up i'm just breathing I'm just breathing. yeah i'm just breathing just breathe you can get in touch with us a lot of you have done we have people telling us that all oh, argentinian superstitions are the best really who said that i didn't read that one that was on facebook oh right okay and then, but you did get people telling you that they were saluting magpies. Yeah, loads of people saluting magpies. Um, some people who didn't say sorry before are now saying sorry. There was somebody who contacted a few days ago and they've actually started saying sorry, but they didn't want to admit it to their partner. So when they were in the car the other day and they went past a magpie, he saluted it and then kind of whispered under his breath and his partner was like, what are you saying? And I think it started a bit of an argument, but... 
I mean, it's a deserved argument, isn't it? I know, but I'd like to think we bring couples together rather than push them apart. Because one of the things I love about this podcast is I really feel that this has become our hobby. I mean, it is essentially a hobby that we're doing together. Yeah. And it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah, and we it feels really nice to be able to connect with our listeners. And I feel closer together to our listeners. But there are topics and there are areas where I feel that we should get more connected as a couple, as a as a podcaster couple. This sounds very ominous. Well, Bob, you know that since we started doing the podcast, I've always wanted to do an episode on football. Boring. You know I'm a football fan. I'm not necessarily a football connoisseur, but I do like watching football. I'm passionate about uh, my team, Newell Soul Boys, from my hometown. But, of course, in our podcast, talking about football has its limitations. The best thing about you supporting Newell's old boys is that the acronym is NOB. I suppose that when I go out with my uh, New Soul Boys jersey that has the initials N-O-B. On, on the shield, N-O-B, yeah, but it's a knob with a K. Ah, yeah, potato, potato. So basically, you don't know about football and also you don't know how to spell. Uh, maybe. Okay. So because of those limitations, mm-hmm. i.e. Ben. What, what's my limitations? What do you know about football? Um... Hold the thought. Okay. Hold that thought, because what I have done for you, we have a guest. What? We have our very, very first in-person live guest, a very good friend, Dan. Welcome, Dan. Hiya. Hiya, Dan. Hiya. Hiya. I wondered what you were doing sat there in the corner. In the kitchen. I oh, know, usually I'm listening to you guys in my kitchen, so it was quite exciting. Well, thank to, you for to coming to our kitchen. He brought flowers. He brought tulips, very lovely tulips. Yeah, absolutely. So that gives you, you know, 10 points already. And you brought us some... Oh, those crisps were really nice as well that you brought. Chris, I did offset them with twiglets, though. See, my favourite episode uh, episode of Series 1. Yeah, nice callback there. Thanks yeah. for that. Thank you, you're if welcome. If you haven't listened to that, go back and download it now. I did exactly what I said in that episode. I said, if they're there, I'll eat them. It's not something that I enjoy, but they're there, so I ate them. So, Dan... We've known each other for many years. Five-ish? It feels longer, but in a good way. In a good way. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I'm positive. And obviously you know Ben, you know as well. What do the the listeners need to know about you? I guess I will eat Twiglets if they're there. But my drug of choice, shall we say, is the beautiful game. Ah. It's the beautiful game of football. So the thing is, we've been talking with Dan, and we decided to educate you around football. Oh, but we're going to do it by testing your knowledge about football. So what? we've put together a football quiz. I do like a quiz. You do Not like about it. football, though. But it'll be a fun one. Okay. What do you think, Dan? Are we going to have some fun here? Is he going to do well? I, I hope so, because it's been a wonderful five years. <laughs> But if we could maybe take this friendship to the next level, you are going to have to have various conversations with me uh, about the beautiful game and the game in which England, the UK, gave the world. Ben, how do you feel about me going to the next level with Dan? I mean, it depends what the next level is. It sounds like we're going to find out. The next level would be the Upper Holt 
uh, in Villa Park, Aston Villa's home ground. So that's the team that you like. Yes. I, I mean, su- support, 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 support. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't like. Like, subscribe. <laughs> yeah. Here's your season ticket. <laughs> but that being said, like and subscribe to this podcast. Thank you very much. Of course. So is this like a threesome situation? Am, am I invited there or is it just you and Ben? I guess it's it's one of those where I, I'd, I'd maybe like it to be my thing with Ben, but also my thing with you, Ben. Oh. I, I mean, I don't want to drag you two apart, but... You get one week at the Holt with Ben, and then one week at the Holt with me. Yeah, or maybe you can come and be a, a Villa fan with me, and then the next week I can go and be one of Ben's knobs. Perfect. Everyone likes being a knob every so often. So we're going to start really gentle, really easy. It's kind of like a very white song. It's going to start like really in the rhythm, dun, 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 a very low voice not that we have low voices but I'm sorry okay. but my knowledge of football is basically if we're going to have an easy song it needs to be like Sesame Street ABC or something because that's about as much knowledge as I have about football I think you might surprise yourself mate <laughs> indeed let's go to the first question then so the first question of this quiz is who won the first ever World Cup well, it's probably a very long time ago, and there probably wasn't that many countries then. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean there weren't so many countries? So when you say a long time ago, how long ago are you picturing? Are you picturing, like... Was it Pangea? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I don't know. It'll be someone random, like oh, Mozambique. No, good guess. So let's put you chronologically in time. Where do you think we're talking about it in time? I'm guessing Queen Victoria was still on the throne? Mm, you might be 29 years out there. Oh, okay. So are we th- are we talking like 1930s? We are talking about 1930, uh, on the dot. I mean, Europe had bigger problems back then. So I'm going to go with... I mean, you're thinking too much about it, Barbara. Well, I've said Mozambique. Okay, let's go with Mozambique as the locked answer. What do you think, Dan? Is Mozambique a, a, a front runner in the World Cup in 1930? Uh, not quite. Um, probably not quite in 2021. Are they not famous for being good at football? Not really. This is, I, I couldn't. I, I like to think you've maybe brought me in for a bit of knowledge here. I've, I've got nothing on Mozambique. <laughs> I mean. Was Mozambique a country in 1930? I don't know, but they have really nice beaches, don't they? Again, you're both looking at me like you've brought me in as the Mozambique uh, expert. And suddenly we find out that it's landlocked. I mean, to be fair, I did expect more Mozambique knowledge from you, Dan. Well, I can tell you no African team has ever won the World Cup. Does that Not even with Waka Waka this time for Africa? No. no, Famously, uh, Shakira as well, not from South Africa. Oh, yeah, of course. And also, that was a rip-off from a Latin American song in the 70s. So I love how we've we've already got back to Shakira. Like we <laughs> that... brought Dan in, we brought in you know a bit of a bit of Butch. Let's be honest. I'm not going to lie. We brought you in for a bit of Butch. Thank you very much. We, we want to appeal to the lads out there. Um, and within what two minutes, we're on to Shakira. First team ever to win a World Cup was Uruguay. Uruguay. Yeah, and it was in March. The final was Argentina and Uruguay. It was played in Uruguay, the World Cup, in 1930, which Uruguay won 4-2 against Argentina. Wow. There you go. From the beginnings of the World Cup, already as South Americans making a, a an imprint in the history of football. But my 
very basic bitch knowledge about football is that we took it over, as in we, as in Dan and I are, you know, UK you, citizens. You two personally. <laughs> Not us two personally, but the British took it over to South America whilst they were building the railways. And we've gone to right west again. So without the British, without railways, you wouldn't have football in Argentina. Yeah, that's probably a, a, a good assumption. It is a, an English-invented sport, isn't it? Yeah, so it was popular... Well, I say it. Variations of the game were popular in the 1800s and it's for everything from hundreds of people congregating on the streets in the south of England trying to get a pig's bladder into the baker's going all the way up to northern towns, playing more of the sort of game you see today with lesser people on a pitch trying to get the, uh, again, any sort of circular objects, be it an aluminium can that you might see kids playing with today, not too dissimilar to that. So let me get this right. People would kick pig's bladders into a bakery. Yeah, so there was various forms going as far back as the 12, 13, 1400s medieval times of youths going out after dinner and picking up whatever they could on the street and just booting it around, as you'd maybe see kids today in the street with aluminium cans. Or guns and knives. Or, or guns and knives. Well, to be fair, did the losing team die? I mean, I can't rule out any medieval murders as a result of red or yellow cards, but I couldn't tell you for certain. Can you imagine? But the thing is, is the reason why I bring this up is because there's like a an Aztec ball game that was very popular and it has been compared with football as well, although it's uh, quite different. But apparently it has like a ritualistic part to it where sort of basically the losing team was sacrificed or someone from the losing team was sacrificed to the gods. And and all we had was someone kicking a pig's bladder into a bakery. I mean, it's basically like a wet weekend in Mount Mowbray. Or Mozambique. Or Mozambique. <laughs> Mozambique. Which is obviously famous for, for pigs as well as beaches. And then to bring it back around to football, the Football Association um, of England was formed in 1863. And that was when the basic code of the game was set in place and rules about the ball and the amount of people on a pitch and time limits were set in place, which is more similar then to the game you watch today. Is that when they wrote down in, well, probably chiselled down the offside rule? I think people are still trying to chisel down the offside rule today. Okay. I mean, it's, it's kind of like the most difficult rule to explain and, or to interpret, isn't it? From the whole of football. But otherwise, it's just people chasing a ball. Basically, if anyone asks you about offside, then... I don't think they ever will. Well, when we're up in, the, in, in, the, in Villa Park... Oh, on the Holt stand. What do you think of that offside, mate? VAR's ridiculous. That's what you need to say. VAR. Yes. We're already in rabbit holes. Okay, I mean, but, it sounds like a Ukrainian pop star. That's a single that I would like to download. Famously not a Ukrainian pop star. Okay. The thing with offside is that there's always room for someone to deny it, for someone to say it wasn't so, to say it was like a, a, a crap ruling. So if anyone asks, what will you say? Oh, it was a crap ruling. Did I, did I sound like I belonged on the halt? Oh, no, probably more of a Brummie accent, wouldn't I? Oh, that was rubbish, that decision was. It was more of a crap ruling. It was more of a crap ruling. Yeah, hello, think... Birmingham. No one's going to be offended by this at all. I know, and, and we, <laughs> they are like one of our biggest listenerships as well, Birmingham. <laughs> to be fair, you lived in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. I'm practically a Brummie. Fire York. <laughs> you live in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. I'm Birmingham born and bred. Oh, of exactly. course you are, yeah. Man of the people. It's yeah, fine. It's fine. 
Love Spaghetti Junction. Right, next question, please. Next question. Now, we are going to delve a little bit in the rivalry okay. between Argentina and England. So, the next question is, who's won most matches in terms of playing Argentina and England? First of all, can I just ask one question before I answer this? Okay. Am I allowed to ask a question before I answer a question? It's not normally how quizzes work, but sure. Why does Argentina, that's a massive country, basically, you know, like continent-sized country, they only have one team, but yet we have four teams? Because we have England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland. Seems a little bit unfair. That's because they're different countries? You're questioning geography there, mate. Well, but am I? Because at Eurovision, we only get one go as the UK. But why in football do we get four goes? Oh, so you're questioning the makeup of the United Kingdom? I'm not questioning the makeup of the United Kingdom. I, I just would like to know why it's why it's one rule for football and why we can't have four goes at Eurovision. To be fair, as an Argentinian, that's probably a, a question that I do ask myself in terms of, because you know how in certain sporting events like the Olympics, you compete as, as Team GB, which in fact is not Great Britain, it's actually the UK. But in certain sports like football and rugby, you participate as different countries. And also in rugby, if I understand correctly, Northern Ireland plays with Republic of Ireland. It's a whole mess. I think the reason... England compete as England as opposed to then the United Kingdom is because famously sort of originally and in the present day, Scotland, Wales and Ireland aren't very good. Ooh. She's been a bitch tonight. That was a bit shady. Well, you know. Shout out to all our Gaelic listeners. Okay, what was the question again? Go Team GB. Um, The question was, who's won most matches? Argentina or England? Playing each other, obviously. So, playing each other, I would suggest that England has won more matches against Argentina than Argentina has won more matches against England. You would be, sadly, right. Yes! So, we've had 15 encounters. Five of them ended up in draw. Mm -hmm. Six of them have been won by England and four of them have been won by Argentina. It was pretty close. I don't know. I, I feel like I, as an Argentinian, a, it's definitely a, a rivalry against England. Isn't It's not at the same level as the rivalry with Brazil or Uruguay, but it is a, an important match. It's an important rivalry. Is it the same for England? I think very much so. So again, you'd maybe play Scotland and any of the home nations, see aforementioned uh, bitchy dig, and maybe possibly Germany for England but then it's very much Argentina is next and I think it's quite unique in the world of football in that it's a sort of pan-continental rivalry which is seen as I don't know what the right adjective is here vicious would be in some cases as a Argentina Brazil or a Italy France for example. And I think that is quite interesting that South American football and European football are very different types of football. Did you know that Ben? No. I just thought it was a game. Well, it is a game, but it's very different styles. So if I look at it, what I think about the differences is that European football is about, it's it's scientific, it's about precision, it's about speed, it's about the perfect pass. Whereas Argentinian football is more about flair, a player's ability to manage the ball. 
And you've managed balls in your time, haven't you? I have managed one or two, yeah. Not that big, though. Blimey. To me, I, what you're saying is just words. It just sounds like it, it's just hyperbole. I, essentially, the game is the same. You have to get a ball into a net. It doesn't really matter how you get there, as far as I'm concerned. Everyone has their own favourite ways of the game being played. So, for instance, each song only has to be three minutes, but maybe I prefer a rock to your Shakira or Ben's, I don't know, Grime and Garage. Mm. He does like Grime and Garage. I am very Grime and Garage. Yeah. Yeah. So that's similar. So maybe look at it as there's different genres Okay, I can get on board for that. So what what genre would Argentina be then? So I think Argentina would be like like a flashy pop. Okay, England? I think we're probably more of a, yeah, no nonsense dad rock. Okay, so wind the windows down. Yeah. Hair flowing in the breeze. Hair would have been flowing in the breeze, but hair was lost maybe 20, 30 years ago. Right, got you, got you. Going back a little bit to the rivalry itself... The thing is, you have to remember that it's also a rivalry that has been very, very fueled by different historical events. So, for example, one of which is that we played in a World Cup against each other in 1982, just months after the Falkland War ended. And then you go into 86, and a massive historical event... The Hand of God. Oh, I thought you were going to say my first birthday. Is your first ba- birthday comparable to The Hand of God? Um, I'm not sure. I did get a really nice teddy bear that I've still got. Still not the same. So what? what's this What's this God's hand? The Hand of God. You've heard about this. Yeah, I have. I have. But I don't really know what it is. Is it somebody touched the ball and shouldn't have touched it? Or So basically, this is a the first goal of the match, Argentina-England. Uh, it was a basically a high pass that Maradona jumped and seemingly, or at that time, didn't it wasn't really clear whether he hit the ball with his head or with his hand. Okay. And he scored the goal, and none of the referees uh, saw a hand, so it was an allowed goal, and it just went into riots. I think that Peter Shilton has never forgiven Maradona for it. So he was the goalkeeper for England at the time. And he's always refused to then acknowledge Maradona. So Maradona had two sides. He was this amazingly flamboyant. Everything Ben has just said about the Argentine genre of football, Maradona personified. And in fact, what you may not know, then in that same game, Maradona scored the winning goal. So he scored a second time and it's seen as one of the single greatest goals of all time. He took it around five England players and then finished it past Peter Shilton in goal. And players, uh, so Gary Lineker, for instance, played in that game. What, the Walker's Crisps man? The Walker's Crisps man. Yeah. So before he ate Walker's Crisps for a living, he actually was quite a good quite a good footballer. Oh, I just thought he was match on Match of the Day. No, Match of the Day uh, and Crisps. Again, uh, before he lost his hair. Gary Lineker's not bald, is he? A little bit, isn't he? I'd say more greying. Mm. Yeah, probably greying. So before the grey kicked in... Have you seen his brother? Uh, I've never seen his brother, but I've I've maybe enjoyed myself in a couple of his brother's establishments. Oh, really? You've been uh, to Lineker's? Well, one or two times. You know he auditioned his for a girlfriend on Instagram last year? I was not aware of this. Oh, you need to find that Instagram post. It's hilarious. And it was basically like, yeah, 
you need to like enjoy jumping out of aeroplanes and having this high octane lifestyle and you must be like 25 years younger than me and have like big boobs and I don't know if he said big boobs, but it was, I mean, it was like misogynistic central. So yeah. he's a little bit of a dick. Yeah, totally. To be fair, I do, I do like Gary Lineker. I think he's a sound guy. At one of trying to take, uh, bring this back to football away from European bars and uh, misogyny. Gary Lineker has always turned around and said what Maradona did and the guard, unforgivable, but he's an amazing player. And that goal, the second goal was incredible. But Peter Shilton, who... Maybe I would say I'm tr- not trying to exaggerate here. Is he's a tall guy. He's a he's a very tall guy, and Maradona a very short guy. But he shouldn't have scored even with his hands, Peter, should he? So I think Peter maybe feels a bit of, a bit um, of yeah. he's never spoken uh, spoken to or even of. He cuts cuts all conversation about yeah. Maradona. And again, for us Argentinians, we take most pride on the second goal. Because it's such an amazing goal. I'll show you the video later. Mm. But it's such an amazing goal, the second one. Might be asleep. We do take like a, 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 a weird pride on the hand of God. And to be fair, I think even Maradona admitted years and years later that it was a hand goal. <gasps> scandal, scandal. Yeah, but the thing is, what you need to remember about football, and particularly back then, is that it kind of was a little bit of a... or you know, It's always kind of like a cheater's game to some extent. There's always some flair. There's always the one that dives uh, to get a penalty. And with everything football, when it favours you, you stay quiet. And when it's against you, you row about it. Because realistically, if you think about it, yes, that might have been a hand goal, but England is not devoided from controversy as well. I well, mean, this is news to me. I, and me, Ben. I, I couldn't... Oh, come on. You know the controversy around 66? What? When we brought home the glory. Yeah. Oh, we, we won the World Cup. In 1966, we hosted and won. Come on, Dan. You know the story. Tell the story. So, I mean, not that... If I was to say which one, Ben, yeah, maybe that a few. shows you there was a couple in right. maybe it was a little bit dodgy that England um, went on to win in 66 but the so the final sure, surely you, you know the commentary lines of uh, some people are on the pitch they think it's all over it is now oh I thought that was um, a BBC One comedy panel show yes yes it was but again it, it maybe had a bit of earlier fame prior <laughs> to gotcha. the uh, post-media appearances mm-hmm. yeah making a few notes here so England went on to beat Germany West Germany in the final and it went to extra time Jeff Hurst scored a hat trick in extra time uh he scored two goals in extra time he had already scored one. one previously but there was a goal given by the German linesman that was over the line or was it not over the line which probably wasn't over the line but for most of Wembley Stadium and Jeff Hurst it was over the line and that's when everyone ran on the pitch then the, the, the second goal then that made it 4-2 right and then there was another one about a referee wasn't it that admitted actually just a couple of years ago of having very unlawfully benefited England during I think it was the Belgium match wasn't it well, this is the Belgium match in the same contest yeah 1966 well, I, it's not Eurovision, babe. Yeah. <laughs> the, the same World Cup. The welcome contest. The same competition. <laughs> so there was the Belgium incident, which again, maybe slightly dodgy, and also England uh, beat Argentina in that World Cup as well, in the quarterfinals. Indeed. And there was an offside goal, again scored by Jeff Hurst, which was maybe a bit, what would we say? 
crap decision. Oh, oh, it was a bit of a crap decision, that was. Bit of a crap decision. I think it was offside. And the Argentinian captain also got sent off. Little bit of handbags for you here, Ben. Didn't think uh, it was a red card. Refused to leave the pitch. Police had to come on and uh, take him off. Wow. Yeah, it was really bad. I never knew that football was so traumatic. Yeah. Actually, I I mean, if I was there and I saw that, I'd be well into this. So, yeah. We might like to go on about how we were robbed in 86 and maybe sweep most of the 66. Under carpet. Under carpet. And the thing is, Argentina won the World Cup in 86. And people of the like of Pete Shilton have claimed, oh, Argentina should have given that cup back. Well, no one in, in England is saying, oh, let's give back the 66 cup. I do remember one story now. Didn't it go missing and a dog found it? During the World Cup, the actual World Cup. The yeah, contest. It was stolen, yeah. So during the contest, the actual cup was stolen, uh, and it was found by Pickles. That was the name of the dog? Yeah. He... Not like just some random cucumbers, yeah, like, he... screwed down there. Yeah, it wasn't a child or Pickles, it was a dog named Pickles. Hello, I'm Mrs. Elwood. <laughs> uh, but Pickles does sometimes get confused with Willy, the mascot. Oh. Of 66. World Cup Willy. World Cup Willy? World Cup, World Cup Willy. Okay. I bet a lot of people had World Cup Willy after um, England won. Again, yeah. who doesn't like playing with a Willy? Who do you prefer, World Cup Willie or Ben Snobs? Ben Snobs. I don't know because if we're talking about football mascots, I did see one in the newspaper a couple of years ago and I'm sure it was a it was a West Midlands team. I think it was West Brom and they had a boiler. Do you know about the boiler? Yep. So I'm not too familiar with what the company is, but it was all through the sponsorship. They were sponsored by a boiler company and they created this mascot, which imagine a eight to ten foot Foam boiler, stick a man in it. It was We're incredible. Off. It was incredible. What's the um, knob mascot? We don't have a mascot. What? Argentine teams don't have mascot. What's the Aston Villa mascot? Uh, Hercules the Lion. Oh, nice. Uh, he does have a girlfriend as well. Keeping it real. Yeah. Keeping it real, yeah. yeah. I mean, are they divorced yet? No, I don't think so. They're going sure. strong? Still going strong, still going strong. I mean, obviously... See, pandemic, I think mascot work is maybe down at the moment. Yeah, what have they been doing? They've just been on the furlough. So the West Brom boiler, that, that was during it, but they've been out and about. Just it's hard to maybe keep a few members of the media entertained rather than... If I was a mascot, I'd probably just like turn up on people's drives and just... And what? And do a dance? In Warwickshire, where we live, there's this man who plays the saxophone and you just like text him and he will just come to your street and he will just play like Baker Street or Careless Whisper... And you just bung him a couple of quid and it all goes to charity. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you could just have a mascot, like the boiler, just turn up at our house and do a little dance outside our front door? follow you around the supermarket, encouraging you to do the big shop in a personal best time. Yeah, absolutely. Or walk around the park and you're chased by World Cup Willy. You've been there before. Being chased by a Willy. (laughs) (laughs) So, Willy's aside... Willies aside. Willies aside, the rivalry between Argentina and England has also helped a lot of people, particularly in England players, hasn't it? It kind of was like the downfall and the rise of David Beckham. What? So, David Beckham. What do you know about David? Golden Balls. Yeah. Uh, married to Vicky B, um, Ultimate Hun, and, you know, founding 
member of the Spice Girls. I think she technically still is part of the Spice Girls. She just kind of dips mm. in and out. But love her, love her. She did a great duet with Dane Bowers. Yes, um, you're going to Bicky B and we are asking about her husband. Well, he played football. I know he played football. He played for England and uh, then he went to America and he played for Samsung Galaxy or something like that. Sa- not quite. L- LA. LA Galaxy. Samsung Galaxy, famously a phone. So, yeah, I thought that was just a very dry gag you were making there. No, no, genuinely got that confused. Yeah, yeah, of course you did, why not? So, Bex maybe had his lowest and highest moments in the game against Argentina. Lowest being, you're going to tell me that Rebecca Luz was Argentinian? No. That was probably Bex's lowest moment, wasn't it? I mean... Allegedly, maybe we could say that was his lowest moment, but uh, maybe on the football pitch. And then she wanked off a... Yeah, yeah, then... Football pitch. Yeah. Focus, No, I'm talking about Rebecca Lou. She then wanked off a pig on Channel 5, didn't she? And we're talking about David Beckham and the rivalries between Focus. I'm trying to think of a call back to World Cup, Willie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So in... Maybe that's what she thought she was doing. She was probably like, oh, I think it's World Cup, Willie. Oh, no, it's not. I'm just inseminating a focus. <laughs> so the year's 1998. Bex is all over your Heat magazines, your Pradas? Grazia? I don't know. The only magazine I read at that age was Heat. Heat. Because actually Heat magazine I found was very metrosexual back then. It's much more female orientated these days. But when it first started, it kind of... You know, played to uh, to both sides of the spectrum, if you were. So he was he he was seen as this yeah sort of celeb goer had the aforementioned relationship with Victoria, and England and Argentina met in a crunch game in the knockout first knockout round of the '98 World Cup, which was in France. Correct. Now the reason why I know that is because I went on a school battlefields trip to Normandy. And I got really excited because they were selling... Do you remember Lion... You know Lion Bar, as in the chocolate bar? In France, they have Lion Bar cereal. And if I bought two packs of that, I got a free France 98 cereal bowl. And it had... Was it a rooster? Wasn't the symbol a rooster? It was, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I... That's my only connection to... Uh, Ben's fan fact. France 98. <laughs> well, most people will remember it for David Beckham flicking out kicking the Argentinian player Diego Simeone and getting sent off. England went on to lose that game on penalties and Bex was slaughtered in the press. It was seen as his fault. There was headlines in the sun uh, saying 10 heroes, one stupid boy. There was a dartboard released with Beckham's face as the bullseye. He was ridiculed. So this is how much this game meant, the rivalry, and it was seen as Beckham was the one that threw it away. No way. He then went through yeah, really rough periods on the pitch. He was booed at every ground in the 99 season. However, fast forward to 2002. England meet Argentina again, again. in the World Cup. Where? Did you have a, a, a cereal bowl of the 2002 one? 2002. It was South Korea. South Korea. Was- and... Yes! Do you know what? I literally... That, that was a guess. I literally thought, well, it's probably not going to be in Europe. Half right. Half right. Come on, Korea... Oh, so it's South Korea and Japan. Yes. Yes. Yay. Well, I thought it can't be in Europe again. And um, I'm sure America did it a few years before that. And I know Africa was... Waka Waka. Waka Waka with Shakira via Colombia. And then, yeah, I didn't think... Australia have never 
really bothered. So <laughs> you stop now. You, you've yeah. done well. <laughs> There's a few fun facts about that. Korea Japan was the first World Cup ever to not be played in either in Europe and in uh, or the American continent, and it was also the first World Cup not to be win or not to be won by a country from that continent. So if you think about it, by who won it that year? Brazil. If you think about it, every World Cup played in the American continent had been won by an American continent country, and every World Cup played in Europe had been won by a country from Europe. Uh, and that's where the home advantage thing comes from, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. Okay. Anyway, going back to Korea, Japan, 2002, <sighs> Argentina v. England. Seen as a very big game. Again. Can I just say, Dan... And I'm not taking the piss here. When you talk about football, I'm actually quite entertained. Either you're a very good storyteller or I am actually wanting to know a little bit more about football. Well, I think it's the football stories interlaced with maybe phallic references. Could be. Could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That always works to keep Spence's attention. Keep you keep you in. Yeah. Can I just say one question? Are the wags going to make an appearance? No. No. No wax in this story. So wags, famously the women and girlfriends of wives, the, wives, oh, wives, wives. <laughs> the women and the, the girlfriends. The women and the girlfriends. Oh, that's really bad, isn't it? The wives and girlfriends of yeah. the players. Was was that at the, the World Cup or was that? So that came out of the 2006 World Cup. Wish so see your Victoria Beckham's, your Colleen Rooney's, Alex Curran's uh, wife of Stephen Gerrard. So we're, uh, we're in a pre-WAG era. We're, we're probably early WAG. Early WAG. Okay. Yeah. All right. And England win a penalty. Who steps up to take the penalty? Golden Balls himself. Golden Balls. He slots it away. England win the game 1-0. And it was sort of seen as his... Redemption. Four years later, his redemption. That and the goal that he scored against Greece to qualify for that World Cup were then seen as how he's gone on then to be utter God status. So is he our most successful football player? Probably the most famous. I would say famous. It depends how you quantify success. Anytime someone plays for England, you get a baseball cap, don't you? A, a cap. So you get given a baseball cap? Yeah. Well, yeah. Not strictly a baseball cap, but a, cap, a hat. Yeah. So you, oh, so it's different styles of hats? Yeah. Basically, it's a hat that's not a baseball cap. What does it look like then? Um, imagine a baseball cap from 1863. So it doesn't have like global hypercolour on it. It yeah. probably says ye old taffin. Uh Yeah, and the, and the England logo uh, rather than yeah the, the New York Yankees, for yeah. instance. Okay. So the most capped player, uh, David Beckham is England's outfield. The player that is the all-time holder is the aforementioned Peter Shilton. Oh. Um, now, I'm not being funny here, but I kind of get bad vibes from him, from both of you, actually. Oh, he's kind of like a very recent for sad person. Yeah, so like he's a bit bitter about uh, the Maradona goal when Beckham was playing and was getting quite close to taking his record. Oh, he hated that, he, he didn't he? He got very shirt, yeah, shirty about, oh, well, he only came on for two minutes in this game, uh, whereas I played 90 minutes in all of my games, so that one shouldn't really count. Uh, um, it's a bit of a sore loser all round, really, isn't he? A, yeah. A little bit, but ultimately still the winner. Yeah, this, uh, so there's no reason for him to be a sore loser. No. Yet. Yeah, there could yeah. be, there could be more, but that actually, Bab, has been a great, great segue to the next question that Dan has for you. Ah, so talking of success, 
the Argentinian footballers Ozzy Ardiles and Ricky Villa were the first Argentinian players to do what in 1981? Come out? Uh, no, no. Mm, well, gay marriage wasn't a thing then. Play for a European team? Nearly, nearly. I mean, you're quite close in both respects there with your answers. Uh, they were the first Argentinian players to play in an FA Cup final at Wembley. Right. Okay, there's a lot of things I need to unpack here. What's FA Cup? The big cup competition. So there's the Premier League, the, the, which is the league where everyone plays each other. Then there's the cup competition, which is the FA Cup. What's the difference? Uh, the FA Cup's knockout. So you, you have your round of 64, your round of 32, your round of 16, go on. Okay. And then the final is always played at Wembley. It's maybe less of a thing today as it was certainly in 1981. But it's always a big thing. And then the final is played at Wembley okay. each year. And it was seen as Aussie's dream to play at Wembley. Very successful footballer. Yeah, won the FA Cup with uh, Tottenham, as I said. He also had a bit more success in England. He won the World Cup with Argentina mm-hmm. uh, previously. And came. he was seen as one of the first real, not just Argentinian, but foreign players to come over and play in the UK. And yeah, Tottenham also signed uh, another Argentinian called uh, Ricky Villa who actually scored the winning goals in the final. But that is maybe remembered a bit more for something else that happened off the pitch. That's another milestone that these Argentinian players... What happened off the pitch? So, to coincide with Tottenham getting to the final, Ozzy Ordiles and the rest of the Tottenham team achieved a top five UK single with Chaz and Dave, entitled... Ozzy's dream. No way. So Chaz and Dave got together. It was always Ozzy's dream to play at Wembley. Chaz and Dave, big uh, Spurs fans, got together with the, the squad and wrote a song called Ozzy's Dream. Tottenham are on the way to Wembley. Released it number five in the charts. Number five. And was that the first football record then? Uh, I wouldn't say the first, but it was maybe at the, the start of it. So 81, then obviously preluded sort of. World in Motion with John Barnes rap. Love that, was, that song. That was 1990, so it, it was certainly maybe a gateway to to others. So see, so England invented football. We made it cool. <laughs> well, I've heard some of those football songs. I mean, Vindaloo and oh, what was that awful one that James Corden did with um, Dizzy Rascal? Was it? It was a cover of Shout, wasn't it, was. it? Oh, that song is terrible. I mean, Dizzy Rascal. Now, if he hears that, he must like literally cringe. Like, beyond cringe. I think he may have been cringing at the time. The original song was, was it Tears for Fears? Tears for Fears, show. And they're in it as well, aren't they? Yeah, potentially. I mean, they probably didn't care because of the royalties, but... Basically, James Corden sang the chorus and Dizzy Rascal rapped over the top about Wayne Rooney's football boots. I never heard it, but it sounds awful. No, 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 no. no, no, We'll save you that. To be fair, let's be honest, with Aussie Ardiles, and uh, there's a lot of English players, um, Argentinian players... We can talk a little bit, as you said, about the most ex- the most successful ones. But does it work the other way? Do, do do English players go over to Argentina? Not really, but there's a financial reason more for that. Realistically, European football, because of currency, has higher wages. So what you do have is there's a lot of Argentinian players that go play in Europe, make the money, and then they go back to play in Argentina in the team of their dreams. And it's sort of like their childhood dream. 
but it's not common for uh, European players to go play in South America just because wages are far lower. And the best example, currently best player in the world from my hometown and a fellow knob, because he is a new Souls All Boys fan, Lionel Messi. Oh, we went to his restaurant when we went to Argentina. It wasn't, it wasn't his. Well, there was pictures of him everywhere. Yeah, because the restaurant is owned by his family. So his father and his brother, I think it's like a partnership. Well, so it's still the same surname. So it's Messi's restaurant. Okay, so it's another Messi's restaurant, just not Lionel Messi's. But yeah, he's from my hometown. He's from Rosario. He's uh, He very much loves the city. He goes every year for Christmas and New Year's. He got married there. Of course, his wife is from there as well. It's kind of like his childhood girlfriend uh, so he's very attached to the city he's a huge Newell's all, all boys fan so he's a huge knob um, <laughs> well he's famously quite small though isn't he so yeah that's right. and, and to be fair that's is he I, I assumed he would be really tall no he's 170 <gasps> oh I mean that's like Kylie height isn't it well, not as much. I think Kylie's like 150 isn't it oh, okay <laughs> but uh, you have admittedly that's why he plays in Europe. The fact that he's short. What, because they like little knobs in Europe? Not exactly. So he was playing in Newell's and he was playing sort of like in like the underage inferior, how do you call it in English? The junior team. Like the junior teams. Well done, Ben, answering a football question. I know. <laughs> Just uh, blowing on my nails. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and basically he was playing there. He needed a medical treatment to be able to grow, to, sort of because he was like really, really short. What, so they put him on a stretcher? A, a little bit more technological and medical than that. Is that even a thing? What, treatments to grow, yeah. What, what do they just put like miracle grow on you and, and water you like twice a day? Like, what happens? I, I mean, to some extent, it kind of is like that. There's like medication that you take. It's like the, the German caffeine hair shampoo. Or oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you just drink, drink a bit of that. <laughs> and you grow from the inside. I don't think you drink that shampoo. I think you have to put it in your hair, Dan. Well, ah. but don't judge it. If you drink it, you might grow. Oh, yeah, true, actually. True. That's, that's the whole purpose of the caffeine shampoo. Yeah. Point being, uh, Newell's Old Boys couldn't, couldn't afford to pay for that treatment. And Barcelona came and said, yeah, we'll pay for that treatment. So basically, they took him to Barcelona school and they paid for his treatment. And at 16, he debuted in the first team of Barcelona and actually scored a goal. And now he's the face of Pepsi Max. And now he's the face of Pepsi Max. Dreams. What more could you want? And I love Pepsi Max. But you need to remember, Messi, <laughs> other than <laughs> other than being the Pepsi Max score, um, person, how do, you, how do you say that? I, I imagine his English isn't very good though. Because I noticed in all those Pepsi Max adverts, he's the only one that doesn't speak. You've got all the other players, and they're like, yeah, cool, bro, this is great, oh my gosh, great drink, love it. And then Messi's like, mm. Well, yeah, he's Argentinian, and he's playing in Spain. I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, I'm just saying that, you know... It's probably an extra fee, though, as well, isn't it? Ah, uh, yeah. It's like when I used to do extras work, if I had to have a line, my fee would, like, double. So literally, I would like go from not doing anything to just like walking in the background. And then if I had to grunt or do something significant, it was like double fee. 
Yeah, I'm probably same amounts of money that Messi would charge for oh, a line. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was literally on like twenty thousand a week or yeah, exactly on. something like that. But, minute, probably twenty thousand a minute. Really? Mm, probably, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I mean, I only did. To be fair, I only did extras work when I was at uni for the free food because those catering vans that they have when they have for the film crews are insane. It's like literally five star Michelin quality food. Yeah, but Messi cannot eat those things. He needs to keep his sports body. How do you think he scored more than seven hundred and fifty goals? German caffeine shampoo. Mm, yeah, but that was and for Pepsi growing. Max. I mean, I'm probably. Oh, the thing is, would the Pepsi Max give you a sugar rush because it doesn't have sugar? So, well, it's got like fake sugar in, hasn't it? So do, it must it must do something to your body. Can you get like a sweetener rush? I don't know. It probably like dissolves your pancreas or something like that <laughs> maybe <laughs> but uh, clearly we're not going to be sponsored by pepsi max but german right. caffeine shampoo if you're listening give us a shout send us a check but i mean no pancreas this old pancreas but he won six ballon d'ors what's a ballon d'or it's like the golden ball Okay, it yeah. literally translates to the Golden Ball. Just like is... an Oscar for footballers. Yeah, exactly. And he's won it six times. I, th- I think it's the most time that anyone has won it, isn't it? I don't know exactly, but him and Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. they're always competing. But Ronaldo, I, I don't like Ronaldo. Okay, so we'll say, we'll let's, say it's Let's Messi. stay with Messi. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but isn't Ronaldo, didn't he used to hang out around the back of a McDonald's? Is this, is this the story that... I'm sure I read this story about Ronaldo. And the lady who worked in the McDonald's used to like give him like stuff out the back door like for free and then didn't he thank her or send her some money or something like that when he got really famous but they couldn't find this woman and so they had all these fake women coming to the foray saying oh yeah I worked at that McDonald's I worked at that McDonald's and I never knew if they he ever tracked down the McDonald's cashier who used to like basically like throw some chips out the back door I mean, sounds like a really nice story, but because it's about Ronaldo, I don't care. Because what I care about is Messi. But it has to be said, as successful as, as, as Messi is, he hasn't been very successful with the Argentina team. He actually hasn't won, well, anything with Argentina other than like the under-20s World Cup in like 2015. But that resembles a lot with probably nowadays most highly regarded England player, Mr. Kane. Yeah, and I mean, some would say it's maybe a wider conversation about how England and Argentina might have regressed in terms of the world stage over the past 20 and 30 years. Are we familiar with Harry Kane, then? Is he quite tall? He is, he's probably, yeah, he's probably... A, taller than Messi. I mean, Kylie in stilettos is, <laughs> is taller than Messi, as we've established. So he's now probably regarded as England's world-class player. But in again the major tournaments with England, he um, we, we've we've not then gone on and and won any gold recently. And football fans are vile. It's like people in Argentina love Messi, but the moment we lose something, he's a pecho frío. Say again, pecho frío, pecho chest frío cold. So like cold chest. So you call in Argentina pecho frío to someone that is weak, without any heart without any passion, uh, without any drive. So it can go from we love him to uh, he's the worst thing ever very quickly. And and I'm sure that particularly certain media in the UK must be the same with Kane sometimes. Uh, Yeah, very much so. And I think maybe, as we already discussed with Beckham in the late 90s, 
And I think in the last World Cup, you actually saw the opposite in that the press got on the players' backs at the start. So there was lots of stuff about Raheem Sterling in the press and fans actually started turning around and saying, actually, that's not really on and got behind the team. And then the press sort of came on board and England got to the semi-finals of the World Cup. And it was actually a really nice time uh, for everybody until we lost to Croatia. Really nice, isn't it? Well, I don't remember because do you remember we went to that work event? We hadn't been going out very long and we went to that work event and it was free-flowing champagne. Yes. And I remember a friend of ours who you know as well said to me a couple of days later, can I be honest with you, Ben? And I said, what? Yeah, yeah, sure, go for it. And she said, I know that Benya really loves you. And I said, why? And she said, you were an absolute nightmare at that event. Oh, yeah, yeah. He literally, if you can imagine, we were on a table, very formal dinner with sports personalities, with a lot of high profile people. And Ben decided that he wanted some water, which was probably the first water he had had since 2 p.m. When we started drinking. Yeah, when he started drinking champagne. And he started pouring water from the chug into the glass, only that he missed the glass, but he didn't stop pouring. He just kept going. He broke glasses, fell. Oh, he was a nightmare. But I can't remember watching the England game because we watched it kind of mid-event. I can't remember it. In order to wrap this football conclusion, we're going to give you three like lightning round questions about football trivia. Okay. And see if you can guess the answers. Sure. So, the first one. Swedish player Stefan Schwarz played for Arsenal. What... Cookie claws, cookie like weird claws, did he have in his contract? He wasn't allowed to do something specific by contract. So a cookie claws. Mm, he wasn't allowed to uh, drink milk. No. Uh, something about bringing ladies back to his apartment? No, I think no football player would agree to that, would they? No one's signing on there. Yeah. He's Swiss, so maybe he wasn't allowed to eat chocolate? Swedish. Oh, Swedish. I thought you said he was Swiss. Uh, Oh, well, he couldn't eat meatballs. I'm going through all the uh, national stereotypes here. To be fair, you're not uh, going to get it. His contract has uh, had a specific clause that said that he couldn't go into space. Has any footballer ever gone into space? Mm, Not yet. Not that I'm aware of. Has Tim Peake got a secret career as a premiership footballer? But apparently he wanted to. Tim Peake? No, the Swedish guy. I was going to say, because Tim Peake actually went into space. Yeah, that's the whole point. He's an astronaut, not a football player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, okay. Okay. Makes sense. Um, bit weird, random. Random. Well, random and weird. This is the second one. This is about an Argentinian. So Tevez came uh, to play in the UK, Carlos Tevez. He made his team ship something to him from Argentina. Okay, so it's going to be either Mate or Dulce de Leche? Not really, actually. What he made his team ship from Argentina to the UK of all places was tea bags. Get away. Yes. And I'm not being funny, Bab, but I've had tea in Argentina. Lipton does not cut the mustard when it comes to Yorkshire tea. To be fair, the thing is, for me, this one is funny... Because realistically, is how much you don't know about the place that you're going to be playing in. I mean, I like to think in a parallel universe, 
Carlos Tevez is sat around doing an Argentinian podcast talking about pop sensation Ben Goodwin living in uh, Argentina and having Yorkshire tea uh, shipped into him on a bi-weekly basis. I mean, if we lived in Argentina, I would have to have it shipped yeah. in. So just pot kettle, mate. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I know, to be fair. To be and fair. That, that would happen. But also, exact ways to our last question. Which major UK pop star owned the football team Watford Twice. Michael Jackson had one, didn't he? UK pop star. Yeah, I know. I think it was... Was it Elton John? Yes! yes. Well done! Whoop, 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 whoop. I must have got more than half of those questions right. Mm, yeah, pretty much. I mean, you've got the most important one. <laughs> I mean, you know that Elton John owned Watford twice. Twice. So he sold it and then bought it again. So he bought it in 77. He sold it in 87, although he remained as president. But then he bought it back in 97. I didn't even know Elton John was a football fan. Yeah, he's a massive Watford uh, fan. I mean, it's like me in books, isn't it? Just buy a book and then give it away and it's like, oh, I quite like that book, yeah. so I'll buy it again. <laughs> it's a bit weird, isn't it? But I, I, I've seen old concerts of Elton John and he's always dressed in like the baseball garb. I assumed that that was his... You thought he was a baseball fan? Yeah. And there's still a stand named the Sir Elton John stand at Watford at their grounds, Vicarage Road. I love it when stands are named after people. I'm assuming Delia Smith has a stand at Norwich. I don't think just yet. Well, fun fact, going away from Delia, Marcelo Bielsa, currently the manager of Leeds United, which makes it, for me, sort of have certain appreciation for Leeds United, our stadium, New South Wales Stadium, is called Marcelo Bielsa. Really? Yes, and we also have one of the stands called Diego Maradona, because Maradona played for Newell's. He played eight matches. It was like a whole like money laundering thing, I think. But he played eight matches. He played in Newell's. As far as I'm concerned, Messi, Newell's. Maradona, Newell's. Bielsa, Newell's. Pochettino, former manager of Tottenham Hotspurs, Newell's. I'm sorry, but we're the freaking best. But do you have a boiler mascot? Mm, we are lacking in that, I, I have to admit. So you've got a decision, Ben. Are you going to be a knob? <sighs> Or are you going to come to Villa Park? Well, I have to say, you've both kind of... I, I wouldn't say I've turned, because this lady is not for turning. I'll be quite frank. But I'm intrigued, and I feel like... Because I have actually been to one football match. I'll be perfectly honest. One football one, match? One, well, apart from, you know, watching your mates down at the park and stuff like that. But I went to see, and it was a good one, Mexico versus Japan... London 2012, so it was at the Olympics, so it didn't really matter. But for me, it was incredible because we actually did a Mexican wave at the Mexico football match. So that's your highlight, you did a Mexican wave? Even better, when we got on the tube to go back into London, because it was at Wembley, we did a Mexican wave on the tube. It was one of those new tube trains where there isn't a divider after each carriage, it's like, or concertina all the way. We did a Mexican wave all the way down the tube train. I will say... That's the most passionate you've spoken in the last hour. So maybe we do have a bit more work to do. I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I mean, if the high lead for him is having done a Mexican wave, then I don't think we've done a good job in sort of turning him into football, have we, Dan? Well, let's, let's, let's leave it like this. The next time we go back to Argentina, we will go and see a knob match and I will come to Villa with you. We'll see a match and then we'll come back. We'll, we'll regroup as a threesome, 
because we will have taken our friendship to the next level obviously yep. after mm-hmm. what we've gone through today and then I will tell you what I thought of said experiences how about that? I think it sounds like a dream. Dan, my friend, it's been absolutely amazing having you here. An absolute pleasure to iron out our England v Argentina football quarrels. How has bareback been for you? To keep it in the words of Ozzy Ardilis, a dream. It's been my dream. Oh, that's I've so enjoyed sweet. it, boys. You keep doing what you're doing. All right, well, safe journey home. Here's, here's a couple of quid for your bus fare. Oh, God. <laughs> I know we didn't talk about payment, but, you know, we are on a very tight ship here. (laughs) And uh, come back and see you soon. Thank you both. All right, lots of love. Love you, Dan. Okay, Bab, so do you feel more enlightened about football now? Ole, 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 ole. So is that a yes or a no? Absolutely. I am buzzing about going to a football match with you and with Dan as well. And do you feel that we are now more connected as a podcaster couple? Warwickshire's bare power couple, I think you'll find. Exactly. And and now in football terms as well. Well, obviously I do want to go to a match with you. Do I think it's going to become a regular thing where we sit on the sofa and watch football? Probably not. But I will show more of an active interest in the beautiful game. See, it's all about sharing that interest. Which takes me to my next point. That was a nice segue, wasn't it? Smooth. If you like a podcast, then share it. Well, we hope you do, because you're an hour in. Yeah, and so if you're this far along and you don't enjoy it, you're a little bit of a masochist, aren't you? But if you do like us, please subscribe to Bareback wherever you get your podcasts from. And share with your friends, mouth to mouth. We've been having listeners all around the world, which is really, really nice. And it's uh, people and countries that we would never have imagined. So lately it's been New Zealand. Yeah, we've had our first listener in Sweden. And also our first listener in the United Arab Emirates. Fantastic. So let's get that A to Z of countries in our rainbow family. We'd love to hear from you wherever you're listening from. Do get in touch with us. Tell us what you like, uh, what you didn't like. Uh, we might gloss over that. but uh. Yeah, and, <laughs> and tell your friends about this very amazing podcast that you're listening to. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Can we go and play football now? (laughs) Let's go. Bye.